The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, welcome back. Thanks again for joining us again as we take a couple more minutes today and continue to work through the book of 1 Samuel. Glad you're with us. Again, we had just started a couple episodes ago uh, evaluating and studying out the book of 1 Samuel. If you're turning there, a couple quick things just in a technical uh, discussion. We, If you're looking for this in different platform areas, you can watch this on YouTube. It's Grace Baptist Church of Bakersfield's YouTube channel. Uh, the church's Facebook page, also my personal Facebook page. Uh, you can also listen to it if you prefer to just listen to an audio format. It's found on iTunes, Amazon, uh, Spotify, TuneIn are the four primary places you can find it. Uh, if you're looking for it, you don't really search under my name. You would search under the podcast name. Podcast name is Source of Truth Podcast. It should have, you can use my name as well probably, but mine, there's a lot of people with my name with podcast out there. So if you look under the idea of Source of Truth Podcast, search that, you'll see the logo that starts this video and you, you can listen to this in audio format. We're going to jump into 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 19 here in just a moment. And really what we're going to see is we talked about... Um, Hannah's condition, uh, where it was, why God allowed her to be there, the sovereignty of God in that. We saw her prayer, and we learned, pulled a few principles from that prayer. Starting in verse 19, what we're going to do is we're going to look into what happens when we get answered prayer. What can we expect? Why are certain things answered? Why not? Um, so let's look, evaluate. Let's open up or start looking into this, and we'll unpack it a little bit. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 19 then they rose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew his wife and returned, and the Lord remembered her. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him from the Lord. Now, one thing you have to look at is here you do simply see God being true to his word and uh, answering her prayer. One of the things that we see here is, um, please remember, for him to have answered this prayer, the Bible said in the last passage that God had shut up her womb. This was God's choice. It was a supernatural, it was a miracle, it was a supernatural step for God to say, now we are going to do this. And again, it's all part of God's ultimate plan is she would then send Samuel to the um, temple. He would grow there. He would become all what God needed him to be during this time. And then she'd be blessed with many more children. So in the process, while she just wanted one thing, God blessed her with even more. Well, so we do see what what happens in obedience in that area. But one of the things I want us to see about answer prayer, a lot of times people have a lot of questions about uh, why isn't God answering this prayer? Or um, does he answer prayer? Things of that nature. And I've heard this phrase, and I believe it to be true, that God answers all prayer. Some say God says yes, God says no, God says wait. And I think that's true that in one of those three principles you can find what God is doing. I believe God is always working. God has absolutely every desire to answer your prayer. He desires to hear. He desires to answer. But I think we need to understand two things about answered prayer. Number one, answered prayer is always in God's will. I think verses like in Psalm where it says, delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. I think we can take that out of context with the idea that if I'm a good Christian and I think I do what I'm supposed to, then God will bless me and I'll have a wonderful life materially. I'll have a lot of wealth and things of that nature. That is not exactly what it means. As we delight in God, our delights will become godly and then God will bless those. It's not pray a lot, go to church, and all of a sudden I'm rich. I, I, you understand how I'm going from that. It's a simple principle that if we are 
praying to God. Prayer is not about moving God into my agenda. Prayer is about God helping me to recognize his agenda, getting in the center of his will, so it's conforming me. And so sometimes God says no simply because what I'm asking for is not good for me or it's outside of his will. Sometimes he says wait because his will also dictates his timing. Probably, for, at least for me, one of the harder parts of waiting for answer prayer, looking for God's will, is his timing because I, you know, 21st century type of Christian, I like things right away, and if it doesn't happen right away, I feel like it's not going to, and it's that waiting on God that one develops a lot of patience and maturity in our part, but we learn a lot about God in that process. So that's why when you look at answer prayer, it is a thing in God's will. It's also a supernatural thing. We're not going to manipulate God to do it. This is God who does it. God opened up the womb of Hannah to allow us to happen to fulfill his ultimate purpose. I will say this. The Bible says, um, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And it simply means regard or regarding or protecting or hiding. If I have sin in my life, that I know is there, and I hope you understand this. I'm not saying if I've sinned, we all sin, the Bible tells us to confess and he'll forgive us, but if, I have, if I'm living in sin and I am not refusing to acknowledge it and deal with it, I know it's there, but I'm living it, I won't change. God says, I will not hear you. It's not that he can't, it's that he won't. My prayers will go unanswered simply because I'm not living right. And there's a lot of things in scripture we can look at. So a lot of times we're not answered simply because our life is not right. Uh, you know, you're not walking with God. You're not right with God. Um, maybe you're angry at a friend or a family member and you, you know, the Bible talks about that if I'm not living with my wife peaceably, God, my prayers are hindered. So there's a lot of scripture we could go to to talk about my part in prayer. But the simple thing is if you're not living in obedience and right with God, then there's a chance that God will just choose to say no right now based upon that or just not listen based upon that. But let's happen, let's go to this. I'm gonna take the second part and look at this, uh, another principle. The principle is, okay, we've received answered prayer. The question is now, what do we do with it? How do I steward the prayer? When God answers prayer, what do I do with that? So we go down to verse 21 and it says, now the man, Elkanah, and hit all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But H Hannah did not go up. For she said to her husband, not until the child is weaned, then I will take him, that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. Now catch this in verse 23. So Elkanah, her husband, said to her, do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only let the Lord establish his word. Then the woman stayed and nursed her son until she had weaned him. Now, why is this important? If you go back and study Jewish culture, remember uh, a woman was under the authority of a man that had really no, uh, basically anything a woman would have said or done can be overruled by the husband. So in this scenario, she may have vowed to God, uh, but in the culture, you can go back to Deuteronomy and study this, but in the culture, uh, way, the way it worked was that if she made that decision and the husband Elkanah said, I don't believe it's right, he, by his authority, had the right to overrule her vow. So he could have come in and said, I appreciate what you're doing, but no. The difference was, I think he understood, He listened to his wife. He understood what was going on. He understood this is not. They. He understood the the true true reality of what's going on. He obviously was a man that desired to walk with God and and, and so understood what was going on and was wise enough in the scenario to follow God and allow this to take place. And so the first thing we do is when God answers prayer, sometimes we beg for something, you know, we think God's answered prayer and then we kind of thank you and we walk away. Uh, they had to first of all acknowledge, okay, this is what God's wanted, we're gonna stay with it. So the first thing was is they were willing to still do what they promised. Then 
verse 24, now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bulls, one epa of flour, a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh, and the child was young. Then they slaughtered a bull and brought the child to Eli, and she said, O my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed. The Lord has granted me my petition which I asked of him. Therefore I have also lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship the Lord there. So they come up and it's, it's they, I mean, they bring up a large sacrifice, which is the way they worship in the Old Testament. Uh, by the way, I think true worship always has some level of sacrifice. You come to church on Sunday to worship, you're giving up things you could have done that morning, sleeping in or whatever. There's always levels of sacrifice in worship. So they come, they worship, and she's going to take her son. At this point, there is nowhere in what we can read in the account, nowhere that we know, where she had been told, if you do this, you'll get more children. So as far as Hannah is concerned, she was received the answer from God, she got her son, and she's giving him back. And as far as she's concerned, this is probably going to be her only child, maybe, as far as we know. Now, we do know there was many more after that, but or at least more children after that, but we know that she was still living in obedience. And here's the key. One of the reasons I wonder if God says no to us in certain parts of our life is that we're not submitted enough to obey when God does answer our prayer. So we talked about this, and I still believe this here is a good principle. Answer prayer many times is going to be preceded by submission. If I ask God to bless in a certain area, give us a blessing or take care of us financially, Am I going to use my finances correctly? Will I use what God gives me wisely according to Scripture? Because if I won't, then he won't give it. Lord, bless me with a nice house. Will I use it to honor God? Uh, you know, Here's the premise. We ask God sometimes for good things, and he says no, because in our life, we are not submitted enough to use it well. So he's waiting for us to get to that level of spiritual maturity, and then when we get there, he'll say, okay, now I'm going to bless you with this. Now I'm going to give you this. And a lot of times people get mad and they walk away and they miss the fact that it's that growth that allow those things. You know, you've been faithful over a few, God will give you more. Uh, it's that principle. So I, I follow God. I live in obedience to God in submission where God has me right here, right now, which is not always easy, but I do it in obedience. That's where God blesses me. But until I'm submissive to where God has me now, I won't be blessed to the next level. And then I must be submissive there. God was willing to do this and, and, and chose to do this simply because he knew. Now, by the way, remember, God and his sovereignties know what decision I make. When he answers my prayer, he knows how I will, how I will respond. I may not, but he does. I can be so convinced in my mind that I'll respond right. And then the moment I'm given that blessing, because the Bible says to whom much is given, much is required, the moment I'm given it, I respond poorly. God knows I might do that, or I will do that, because he knows, he already knows how I'm going to respond. So in that, it's, we go back to that level of sovereignty. Sometimes God says no, because we're just not ready for it. That's not a bad thing. So I continue to pray, and in that prayer, allow God to mold me into who he needs to be, help me to be that submissive person I need to be right where I am, then there I can see God moving that next level. So keep praying, keep wrestling with God, keep going. Allow that time to, make, to mold you into the image of Christ. And then in that time, you'll see God answer and bless and you'll see him move. Next time, we're gonna jump into chapter two and we're gonna break down some aspects of Hannah's prayer, which uh, there's some great truth of Hannah's heart and we get to see her view of God and we get to see a great prayer of worship. And so stick with us next time as uh, we'll be finishing out the week, probably tomorrow with it, and we'll get a chance to evaluate a wonderful prayer of worship to God.
Thank you for the time you've given me to be part of your day. Hope it's an encouragement. I hope you stick with us as we continue to work through uh, the book of 1 Samuel and learn from this great Old Testament historical book so much about our wonderful God. Thanks again for joining us. We look forward to seeing you again next time.